Welcome to Four Season Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Courtney. I'm Dami. We are three sisters. We are sisters connected by blood and by marriage. And this podcast is a space we wanted to create as we process what is true for us individually in each season of our lives. Hello there. Welcome to episode seven of Four Season Podcast. Of course, it's Mary here wanting to give you a little intro. Hopefully, if you are here at this episode, you've already listened to part one of how to be your own hero. If not, that's okay. Push pause. It'll probably be more helpful for you to go back and listen to that first. On part two, we are picking up where we left off in the middle of a pretty intense but open, honest, and helpful conversation with my sisters around recent events in my life, specifically things I was processing, and my sister was sharing the story of how she had been her own hero. So we're going to pick up right there with Dami telling us her story. You all take care of yourselves if you listen and enjoy. Saving yourself does not feel good it feels like you may still feel like you're drowning even in it in the beginning of this conversation you said you know what's essential to me the basics Mm -hmm. saving myself looks like the basics right i when i was um in therapy this last round and i just told my mom about being sexually molested by a family member i was at the lowest i've never been this low this depressed ever i could i literally could not go on and there was like a weekend well, I left my house. I, I called my mom. I said, I need you to come here and watch my kids because I cannot be here. And I was extremely suicidal. I booked an Airbnb. I went to go stay there and I couldn't breathe. Literally, I was having panic attacks. I'm sitting up in this little Airbnb and I'm like, I don't think they're going to find me. Like mm-hmm. I'm battling my mind, battling like my thoughts. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to breathe. So I'm in therapy. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to breathe. I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to breathe. And I'll get back in the bed and I'll wake up and I'll breathe. Then I'll take a shower. Then I'll breathe. Then I'll journal. Then I'll breathe. Mm-hmm. I call my friend. I was like, girl, let's go to uh, brunch or no, or dinner or something. I go to brunch. It's heavy, but I breathe. I go sit with a friend. Like I'm, I'm breathing through it all, but I was not, I went, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't have a session that following Monday for the weekend. And I'm telling my therapist and I thought she was just gonna, you know, give me what I needed to hear. I was like, it was hard. This is what happened. Da, da, da. She said, okay. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. She said, no. And mind you, my therapist, she's like in her 70s and she is old, old, so old woman. So I don't know if this is her style or not, but I appreciate her so much for that. She was like, I said, I can't do this anymore. She said, you can and you will. You don't have no other option. Your, your, your husband needs you and your kids need you. You, you can. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, can you tell me that? Like, I just, I just, I just literally told you, like, I cannot do this. You can. And you will. And she she wasn't as like, you know, dramatic as I'm being right now. She's very soft, you know, little old <laughs> voice as she was. But I was like, shit, she isn't giving me no other option right now. She's not, she ain't giving me no space to like, I don't want, but I don't want to, but I love, but every single time in that space, like every negative thought I had, she combated, combated it with the positive thought, you can and you will. So I think I come back to that moment every single time because it was from that on, I began to like, okay, I can, I have to. There's no other choice. There's no other option. She gave me no option. I have to, 
I have to because I wouldn't even think, oh, my husband need me, my kids need me. I was just like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Forget the husband and kids. I can and I will. I have no other option. So, but to go forward. So, whatever forward looks like, forward is my journaling. Forward is my community. Forward is, you know, getting um in in my. I couldn't pray for myself. Hey, girl, I need you to pray for me. You know, forward is setting in boundaries. Forward looks messy. Forward looks forward can look like drowning. But with each stroke I made, with each breath I took to come above water, even though I went on, I eventually made it to shore. And I didn't know how I got there. People had to push me along the way. I had to ask for life vests along the way, but I did it. And I realized it was just my perception of what it is because it was so dark and so cloudy. I couldn't see. I couldn't see. But for having her say, you have no other choice. Get it Mm -hmm. together. Allow me to be like, okay, well, I can't see what you see, but I'm going to use you as a guiding light and I'm going to keep going, right? And Courtney just said a minute ago, like we create our realities legitimately. Like our minds are so powerful. That's what psychology tells us. It Mm -hmm. really is. So if I am willing, like when we say you have to be your own hero, I have to be willing to bet on myself. Mm -hmm. I have to be willing to bet. You know what? And and, and, well, let me back up. Screw, screw. It is risky to save yourself. It is risky because there's no guarantee, right? That I'm going to make it and it's never going to happen again. I, I don't know. But I know if I stay where I am, then I'm definitely ain't going to go nowhere. I'm yeah. definitely going to drown and I'm going to get further away. So it is risk, but I'd rather risk t- saving myself. I'd rather risk betting on myself. I'd rather risk swimming and going under and swimming and going under and fighting right and then not do anything at all because that's how much i love myself right that's how much i come to appreciate like who i am right i think more than anything when we get to a place of like man i can't like it's hopelessness and if you don't have hope that's e red t means hope like Mm -hmm. i i know it's very simple but i named my practice that because without hope you cannot see a way Mm -hmm. forward period Hopelessness is the sure way of guaranteeing failure because Mm -hmm. you have to have hope in order to ignite, to be able to see a way forward out of like whatever darkness, like we're trying to go under and in, Mm -hmm. right? And this perspective of like, no one's coming to do it for us. I wish, I wish the people who hurt me were were the one who were to save me. But unfortunately, that ain't the way the world works. That is not the Mm -hmm. way psychology works. That's not the way to make long-term goals work for myself. It is me and up to me. So as I build my confidence, as I build my self-esteem, as I like put things in my place to to help me give motivation, like that's why your community fucking matters. Like Mm -hmm. it matters. Like my community saved me, period. Mm -hmm. Like I could not have done it on their own, right? So if I'm thinking about saving on myself, again, check my perception and my expectation of what saving should look like. Because saving could feel like drowning, but as long as you're forward motion and you're not staying in the same place and you keep going and you focusing on the basics, like you're good and you will eventually get there. I don't know if it's going to be three months, four months, six months, three years. I don't know. But if you stay where you are, then you're guaranteed that you ain't getting nowhere. I have lots of thoughts. Courtney, do you want to say something or should I go? <sighs> go ahead. Okay. So these are the, th- there is, I absolutely agree with what you 
what the premise of what you're saying about what saving yourself could look like. And I think as I was remembering when I wrote this question, I was really, um, I was really, I remember feeling at the time I wrote this that, um, okay, so to Dami's point, there's one thing, you, a couple things that I wanted to point out. Number one, you said, um, you said that like, have pers- have a certain expectation of what it should look like. It can still feel like drowning, but forward movement is saving yourself. And I think that answers, that that is helpful. And I think that's also echoes a lot of what Courtney was saying. Like the, in a way it's forward moving in looking at, you know, responsibilities I have or looking at you know just breathing or looking at whatever that's forward moving and that is saving yourself because you're not staying in the same place and like giving up on yourself so I think that is good I can receive that right now I think the parts that I hear and in my mind can understand but cannot receive right now and I'm working toward receiving is this idea of like your counselor saying to you your kids need you your partner needs you because in my mind it's like who needs me like in reality um, I know that I like contribute and I, that is a very honest and very vulnerable thing for me to say, but like, I know that I walk into rooms and contribute so much in my work. I know I contribute in relationships in my life. I know that I contribute to people in my life, but I think there's also a reality of like, it's not enough for me to want to move forward because I think that somebody needs me because I don't necessarily think the people around me need me. I think they are blessed by me <laughs> being there. They, it, it's an addition, but not a necessity. And I think that's something I've had to work through. I'm an Enneagram too, if anybody out there listening, if y'all know what that is, but I'm like a helper. I'm the person who like draws from being needed. And I've had to work through that. Like there's like the lights and shadows of every Enneagram part, but whatever. So like a shadow side of that is like, so the, the light of that is I'm a nurturer and a giver, but the shadow side of that is like the needing to be needed to feel valued. And I think um, that's just something I've had to break down and rework this sense of value and like worthiness. And this idea that Diamond said, I love myself that much. But then the question is, do you? Like when you don't and you're sinking, you're drowning, well, you don't love yourself that much to save yourself. It's a different conversation. And I think that brings me to my final point. When I was writing this, I was, I remember appreciating Diamond saying to me, I wanted to, I was, I was like, she was saying to me, I thought about coming to Austin. I, you know, I wish I could, but I can't. And I think that in itself was so massive for me because I knew she, she had some intention of being physically here. And I think that's something I've lost in the last two years by my own choice and moving around so much. So it's like, I understand that I literally did create that reality for myself where I'm really distant from relationships in my life, but I think the things that I struggle with, so this idea of community, right? Like I don't really have, I have that, but not in a physical sense. And so like, I know there was different times, for example, like I was in a season of life where I was able to like come show up for different people um, physically um, in the last year or two. And like, but the, because of everyone else's season of life, no one can really do that for me. And, and you know, and it almost feels selfish. That's my own thought process. That's not on anyone else, but it feels selfish to ask. Um, and so I've taken what I could get. Diamond's like, I can't come there, but you can come here. I can help you with gas. I can, 
you know, let you be in my house. And I did take her up on that. Like I went to her house and, um, and, you know, so I know that that was like something and that physical proximity did help me a lot. Like it was great to be there for the day or two that I was there. It just is like, I don't know. I don't have that. <laughs> so it's like, I, one of the questions I had was like, what are the, if we're talking about being a hero, what are the superpowers and what are the tools that you're drawing on? And so you were talking about journaling and breathing and Courtney was talking about, you know, reflection and time like that. And like you said, you're at one point, I mean, you said my community saved me. And I think there were people who like during this time, like I had a friend that called me every day every day to the point where I had to be like, girl, I'm okay. Like I had another friend who didn't really know, you know, I had people who were like, were like very consistent, um, being, trying to be there as much as I allow people to. Um, but there's no, but that's in itself. So I know that there was some saving that came from that. Maybe I was just wanting something that I couldn't have at the time. I don't know. I just guess I'm just thinking like, what community, when you say that, Dami, what community meant for you at that time is not something that I could have. You had people who could show up to your house and watch your kids. You had people who could like go to brunch with you. Like, I think even before the assault and a lot of what was motivating my behaviors for a while was this frustration of like, not frustration, but reality of like, I don't have any of that. And my, I'm like surrounded by family and we can't even have that. The family that I am close to. I have so, I've lived near more family. I'm living near more family right now than I have since I was 18 years old. And literally like none of these things, like it makes no difference. I forget people like, where's your family? And I'm like, oh, around here actually. Um, so I just guess like that's something that I'm processing I, and the reason I'm doing all this, like I'm I, normally I would be like, yeah, I get what you're saying and just keep it moving and have these thoughts inside of myself. But I feel like I know I ain't the only one. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that hears like that goes to your sessions and you do all the things and you're like, fuck me. Like this shit still sucks. This I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't feel like it applies to me because of X, Y and Z. And I think at the end of the day, for anybody who's listening that feels that way. I want you to know, I understand what you're saying. And I understand that feels very real right now. But I guess what I've given myself is the gift of realizing that it might not feel real tomorrow. So tomorrow might be worth trying out. And like, that's enough for me right now. <laughs> and I guess that's moving forward. But I can't, I can't receive a lot of what you guys are saying um yet and I'm in therapy so to give a little context of what happened after I talked to Nami um and then I'll let y'all respond to something I um me and I had that conversation I was drowning in life I had school I had work I had I was just like I can't do any of this stuff um and I couldn't show up well to any of the places and I was being very avoidant um and it was leading me into more issues so essentially Nami was like we need to make a plan of what you're going to do. It's nine o'clock right now. Or I think it was 10 by the time we finished that conversation. So I'm going to call you back at five. By five, I need to know your plan. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got a business day. And so by five, I um, 
I had I did a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. So I'm gonna count to three. And by three, we <laughs> get this shit together. <laughs> so I was supposed to go into the following week a sexual assault training company wide. Three days, eight hours. You can't leave. They feed you in the room, like for three days. Um, Because I work at a nonprofit that focuses on vulnerable children, so it's an essential training. And I was like dreading it. I was, I was like, I'm gonna, I am not gonna make it through that. That is like, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna sit all day and just go in circles. And I was like, I just feel like I should do it. I feel like I should do it. I don't want to not. I was trying to show up for everyone and all the commitments, except for any. Because I felt no, it was a lot of things happening. And a lot is happening in your mind after something like that. But I felt no need to, no commitment to myself. That sounds strange, but whatever. So Diamond was like, mm, if it's not going to move you forward, don't do it. And then I already had a session. I had a session with my counselor that day, I think, actually, already scheduled. So I had my session with my counselor, and we also made a plan. And then I disclosed to HR at my job, which... Let me tell you right now, for everybody listening, you know, it's risky. It might feel risky. It might be risky. So, you know, disclose safely, but whatever. So I disclosed to my job. I took the week off. I was able to get a week off from work. I disclosed to an office at my school that handles assault cases, and they advocated for me with my teachers. So I got time with my classes, and I took a week completely away from, like, everything, I recorded, we recorded one episode during that week. Um, and then, um, so that was helpful to me. I spent time with you guys. I went to Houston for a couple of days. I took my dog with me um, and I stopped talking about it. That sounds bad. I talked about it with people that would help me process it. But outside of that, I just stopped, like I stopped sitting in my flashbacks and dissociating from my body all day. And I tried to be outside and I tried to do things that were grounding. And um, eventually, you know, I felt a little better. Um, But yeah, so all these things that we're saying that Dami said to me were helpful to me. I just want to point out, like, I'm not just saying like, it never got better. I don't feel any better. I'm horrible. That's not what I'm saying. I have made some progress actually a lot and I'm in a really good place with my therapy and all of that. But I think I'm constantly trying to understand because it's going to happen again. (laughs) Something's going to happen again. Um, because life is hard. <laughs> that sounds so bad. But it's true. Life is hard and hard things happen. And um, I want Courtney to talk about something because I was listening to this podcast and it said, because one girl was like, life is hard. Life is suffering. And then the host said, well, I think it's about focus. And she was like, what do you mean? She was like, yeah, life is about suffering, but we choose to place our focus on the abundance. And I, when she said that to me, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. And when Courtney was talking about we create our own realities, I think that is the big battle that I'm on right now because I can be in a reality that's like life is hard and I can do some good things along the way, but we're all just pretending like it's not hard. <laughs> and we're all just doing things to distract ourselves from the fact that life is just hard. Um but, and I say that from a place of so many privileges, right? I understand that. But, you know, heart is, is my, my heart is my heart. But I guess 
it is a skill to focus on abundance. So anyways, those are my thoughts to all the things disjointed as they are. I don't, I don't really care is what I was thinking. And um, I don't know. So Courtney, did you have a response to that? You ready? So my brain, like how it works, I have so many words and phrases and and stories just like rushing me right now. The only thing that I can like kind of translate or articulate Mm -hmm. right now is I went through a phase like maybe before EJ was born, maybe five years ago of drowning mm-hmm. i lost faith in everybody around me and i'm, I'm probably about to be like be really random because i have a lot of things flooding me right now mm-hmm. but um there was a point where i lost faith in everybody around me and i think i know i spoke about thinking about my family my past family that that has passed away and you know thinking about my children and my marriage that helped me to keep keep moving forward my goals my motivators but there was one point in my life where i felt um disgusting there was there was something outside of my um childhood abuse that happened and it made me feel um unworthy it made me feel disgusting it made me feel um like damaged goods and um and and i I walked with that through life for a really long time and it came down to a point where i completely lost faith in everyone around me and i had to learn how to depend on me solely There, there were no motivators there were no um like i had no motivation to to count on anybody around me but me Mm-hmm. And I had to fall in love with me. I had to fall in love with this new person that I had become from when I was 18. I think I was what, when I decided to do this, let me see, 28 maybe, mm-hmm. 28-ish. I cut my hair. Well, not cut my hair. I, I started my lock journey. That's when I started to fall back in love with myself. I had to, um, and it was hard. I was drowning for a long time and didn't know it. I didn't realize how many people that I I didn't trust anymore were around me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started trauma therapy. And that's when I realized that I had to get to know who Courtney was at this age. After this, this damage had taken place. I was not who I was before it happened. Um, I couldn't count on my kids to push me because I was like, forget them forget my marriage, forget Mm -hmm. my family, forget working, forget these goals. You know, I hit a really dark spot. Um, And I had to decide that I had to decide if I wanted to live or if I wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. Like I just had to have that cold moment with myself. And it was dark because I I, I wanted to leave more than I wanted to live. You know what I mean? Um, But I just had to find who I was again. And I had to learn myself again and I had to, had to love myself again and forgive myself and forgive the person who did that to me. And it, it takes a lot, Mary. And I ain't mm-hmm. telling you to start today or tomorrow. You know what I mean? I'm not even telling you to follow this, 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 this route that I took, you know, cause it's different for everybody. But mm-hmm. I do remember being there and, and not having anything to push me, but myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my only comment is, is maybe, maybe, introduce you to you Mm. who you are today you're Mm -hmm. not who you were before this happened Mm. point out some things that Mm. that that you love write down the things you don't like figure out how you can change that you know i don't even look the same 
before I decided to fall in love with me. You know, I got my tattoos, I got my piercings, mm -hmm. my locks are down my back. That is, I never thought that I would be this person who I am today. Um, and I would have never gotten here unless I fell in love with who I really wanted to be, what I really wanted to look like. But it took a lot of work. It didn't mm -hmm. happen overnight. It took years. I'm still, I'm still growing and figuring out who I am and loving myself more. I still have moments where I fall and I, and I, and I get depressed for a week at a time. I, I want to stay in the bed. The rain makes me tired. No. Um, it's, it's a, it's a process, but you have to make up in your mind. Um, and and want to fall in love with you again want mm -hmm. who you are um i won't say dismiss the the cons you know because they're real mm -hmm. but um, but work against it you know mm -hmm. um that that's it i i and there's no pressure for me because i know it's hard i um that cancer coming out come on cancer <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to massage it in, but um, I um, it's real, man. And I, I, I've learned to not push nobody into no healing journey. You go when mm. you're ready. So I can only tell you how, how I did it. And I, I hope that it makes sense to you. I want you to know that it's okay to, to feel like nothing is working because that's, mm -hmm. that's the reality. But at the end of the day, you can create what you want in this life and it starts in your mind. Mm -hmm. Every day if you wake up saying that, oh man, this is gonna happen again, it's bad. Things mm -hmm. are gonna happen again, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad, but how can you change your response to what's happening when it's bad? Mm -hmm. Change your response, change your mindset. Once you start to do that and believe that and, um, and believe yourself, you'll see it changing, but it's hard. I get it, it's tough. Yeah. So, that's it, that's the post. Bye. I really, really, really love when you said you're you're not who you were before this happened. And I don't know why, because I've been thinking that this whole time. But you know how I've been living this life where I'm like, I'm just living my life without permission, like without other people's permission. But it's it's like a gift when people give you permissions you didn't know you needed. And I felt that felt like a permission in some kind of way of like, no, I'm really not. And genuinely after this happened I don't even think about I don't think about most things the same I don't interact with people the same I don't go outside the same I don't stay inside the same nothing is the same anymore and that feels I remember after Dami talked disclosed to the family about what happened and she was going into the next year I don't know if you remember this Dami, but you were going into the next year and Dami's always like bigger and better the same way she opened this damn podcast bigger and better next year and it's like damn Dami <laughs> And she was like, Mary, I just feel like, where's my Fortune 500 business right now? Like, I don't understand why I'm not on top of the world. And I'm like, Dami, you literally went through so much. You're not even the same person anymore. I remember, do you remember me saying this to you, Dami? I remember this conversation. She don't remember. I remember. Anyways, and I was like, you're not even the same person anymore. You were like, you had this same moment. And you were like, oh, that's so true. Um, so anyways, I really received that. Maybe I needed that to hear that. Um, I want to point out that like, I don't wake up every day to people who listen to this. Cause I be getting texts from my friends being like, I'm just trying to check on your list of that podcast episode. I don't wake up. I, I swear I do at least once a week. I don't wake up every day and just look out the window and be like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, forget it. No, I wake up and I like have, sorry, like on my whiteboard on my fridge, it says push a little farther today than you did yesterday. And like, I have things that I say to myself and I have like exercises I do with my therapist and it really works. And like, I think it's shown up in my work this week. It's shown up in my personal life. Like 
I feel like I'm more like myself. That's what I've been telling myself. Oh, I feel more like myself. I don't know what that means anymore, but I know it feels this. I guess what I'm trying to say is this feels right. This feels good. And I'm coming back to that. And so that is happening. But these thoughts are why I pay my counselor for a session once a week. So anyways, I just wanted, I had to, I, there was no other way we could have this conversation tonight without me doing this because everything else would be bullshit. Diamond, did you want to say anything else? Um, you asked earlier, like part two of your question was, oh man, what was part two of your question? I said something about who, but who needs me? I said, oh no, you know what it was? It was when I, when we say hero, it's like superpowers. Is that the one? So like what tools are you using? Yes. What tools are we using? I think like in order to use the tools of a hero, I had to first see myself as a hero. Mm. And I think just to kind of echoing what Courtney was talking about, about introducing you to you um, again, like literally evolving it made me go back into moments where I do guided imagery with my clients. And I say, mm -hmm. and I went in the imagery, I have them, you know, imagine the younger version of themselves, even if that was three months, three months ago. Mm -hmm. um, I, please, please do not do this if you are not licensed or you know what you're doing because it can awaken a consciousness. But even if it's like three months ago, introducing yourself to your younger version of yourself and going back and basically empower that younger person, because as like it is right now when we have certain thoughts, something I ask my clients, well, who is saying that? Which version of you is saying that? Who's driving? Who's in the seat right now, right? And who, who do you want to be in the seat um, of the mind? And literally mm -hmm. sometimes creating um, uh, archetypes for the, for the different thoughts we have, right? Not so much a personality kind of help creates a bit of dissonance so that you'd be able to like separate yourself and, you know, almost like create a different narrative of just like who you are or whatever. But mm -hmm. Um, essentially like see yourself as a hero. Um, and I think, you know, it ain't, you know, super woman with the cape and flying in the air, but whatever that means for you at that min minute, like, man, I was a hero today. I got out the bed and I drank my water mm. and that's heroic. Cause I saved me. Right. Cause staying in his bed was going to kill me, but I saved me today. Cause I got up, I put on some clothes, I did my face and I ate. I'm, I'm a hero to myself right now. So yeah, again, re-envisioning what this hero look like, you know, see myself as my hero in this moment, you know, like um, in terms of tools, I think, you know, all three of us, we, we have the tools, but it's really just like the perception. Mm -hmm. um, and even though you said, you know, who needs me? The question is, do you need you? And is that enough? Mm -hmm. Um. Like if no one else ever, that's this, I always go there because that's where the core belief is. If no one else ever on this earth ever again, ever, ever, ever said they need any time Mary Coker, mm -hmm. are you enough for you? She put the government out there, y'all. <laughs> and if that answer to that, whatever that is, if that is like, no, then you know, okay, there's work to be done. I have to be important to me. Mm. I, I, I just have to be important to me right and I know you say you know I'm working through my value and my worth and things like that but I always tell mm -hmm. people what is it the thing and if I strip that away from you what's left mm -hmm. and that's your worth that's what that's who you are that's the core so doing the work of re 
um, or of creating a sense of self-worth that when if everything is stripped away, am I good? Almost like Job in the Bible. Lord, I ain't Job. Don't Job me right now. I ain't Job in it. Period. So don't be out here. Twenty twenty three. Better stay away. Um, <laughs> but if it, when when all said and done, am I important to me? Um, is, is the biggest thing, and it's it's a journey to get there. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You know, your girl. I gained a couple of weights. <laughs> weights. Mm-hmm. And it's been a mental battle. Like, you know, girl, but girl, you beautiful. But you, you good. You, you are worthy now. <laughs> like doing the whole mental thing. And I was like, oh, it's fine. 23 always reset. It's good. I'm I'm beautiful now. This is the moment. So practicing that. So that's all I gotta say. Oh child. Um, Courtney's like, yeah. <laughs> girl, we saying all this now because next weekend when I show up in Clarksville, don't nobody talk no therapy shit to me. Dammy. I want to be shot shots and shots. Period. I don't want to be dead. I never come talking about nothing. Y'all listen to me. You right. I, I be calling I your come, phone day and night. I be coming with the shots. I come with the stupidity. I'm the mm-hmm. ratchet one. Mm-hmm. That's me. Are you? Okay. I, um, no, it's okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> listen. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this conversation. I feel like there's a part of me that's feeling like forced to like leave this on like a high happy note. And to everybody listening, sorry, babe, I don't have one. I feel like what I, <laughs> I, this is the truth because this is this is it. This is this was for me to be honest. This is for me to benefit and hopefully, like I. I yeah, this is for me, and this is hopefully something that people listening to and draw from. And if that is the case, then like, um, I think that's a win. If you listen to this and you're better able to show up for someone, um, then I think that's a win. Um, I want to say thank you to y'all for how you guys during that time I reached out to you both individually. I was like, Courtney, what is all this stuff. I was sending her deep voice messages and stuff and in the middle of I don't know what was going on. I think it was you was on break, but then you got sick. Damn, Courtney, you always stuff always be <laughs> listen, 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 let me tell y'all this before listen. <laughs> because you're gonna get every illness and I ain't ever, ever battle flu. Girl. Okay, anyway, go ahead. But yeah, don't teach kindergarten. Okay, bye. Courtney <laughs> be with them kids, they be touching out over her. She be sitting on stop. I'm like, dang, Courtney always sick. Um, but anyways, yeah, no. So I I am grateful. Um, Dami let me say to her, I don't trust none of y'all hoes. I said those exact words. And she said, Mary. She literally said that. <laughs> but it was the truth. I needed so I know in myself that I have so much to draw from and I drew from it. And that's why, you know, it, I was able to push a little farther each day. And so I'm thankful. And um, yeah, that's that. I want to close by, um, since this conversation was for me and for us, I want us to close by maybe gifting something very short to people listening. You know, Courtney gave me, you guys gave me permission in different ways tonight. You gave me permission to be honest. Courtney gave me permission to like reintroduce myself to myself. Like, so uh, maybe this idea of like, what do we want to give to people listening? Like a permission we're giving you. So I want to say to people listening, um, anyone who's listening who can relate or, you know, is processing something big, heavy or 
whatever. I just want to give you the permission to be um, to be candid that it's just it doesn't feel good that things aren't okay that you're doing all the things but you feel like it's not adding up the math is not mathing for you i want to give you the permission to feel moments of helplessness and feel moments of hopelessness and then i'm going to give you the permission to um let it go and so good corny <laughs> um I've lived a while feeling like the things that that scare me or the things that are hard for me, that they motivate me and that I draw from like being hurt because you know what? I'm going to take this pain and build and be better. But I can draw from beauty. I can draw from peace. I can draw from good things and build a beautiful life. This is what I'm telling myself, friends. So I'm giving you the permission to feel all the things, but also to let it go and to hope for something better. Uh, and we can do it together. All right. Okay. Who want to go next? Y'all got something? I go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. Got the hand raised. <laughs> Kindergarten. Girl, yes, I tell them. I say, if you want to talk to me, what do you do? Raise my hand. Don't come here tapping me. But anyway, <laughs> um, I give you permission to celebrate the small wins. Okay. There's no. Um, I think limitation on what's small what's big whatever feels good to you and something that you accomplished um celebrate that win celebrate all the wins celebrate waking up in the morning celebrate eating breakfast celebrate getting up going to work celebrate you know just breathing it through celebrate all of the wins big or small there you go there's my permission slip to you friends <laughs> Oh, in my turn? Okay, cool. Um, I give you permission to swim. Um, to swim and to take your time swimming. And your journey will be different. It's not going to replicate anyone else's. Um, it's not going to be identical to anyone else's. But whatever your journey is, like swim, swim your lane, swim. Like, you don't have to stay where you are. You can swim. Nobody maybe never told you that. Um, so in this space, I give you permission to swim forward. Period. Well, this is when the music comes in. So, uh, I don't even know what our song is. Girl, they know it by now. Girls, yeah, I love y'all. I really do. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Bye. And just like that, episode seven, the final episode of season one of Forest Season Podcast is over, y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who's listened, who sent us individual messages, who DM'd us, who shared it with a friend. We talked about it every week. Whenever you reached out to one of us, we shared it with one another. It really means a lot. So thank you so much for listening. We'd love for y'all to come on back for season two. We'll be back in a few weeks and we cannot wait to share some more stuff with y'all. What would you like to hear? Email us at forestseasonpodcast at gmail.com 
or just go ahead and send us a little DM or drop a comment on a post at Forest Season Podcast on Instagram. And if you really, really, really want to show your sister some love, go ahead and rate and review this podcast. Give us all them stars and leave all them good comments for us so that we can know that you're listening, you're enjoying, and we're heading in the right direction. Um, thank you. We love you. And enjoy your life. Live well whatever season you're in. We'll see y'all in a few weeks. Bye.